mm-hmm. if we're in the right environment, right? If you're with a team that is bringing you joy, that you are, you know, kind of all on that growth mindset and you're you're working to encourage each other, that can really safeguard against you know, isolation and loneliness, which is really what causes a lot of mental health issues too, feeling disconnected from people, from yourself. That was Dr. Lauren Gallagher talking about how teammates can help support each other's mental health. And we are Julianne Dietz and Elizabeth Dietz, and we want to welcome you to the She Dreams and Goals podcast, where soccer dreams come alive and goals are just the beginning. This podcast is all about empowering girls to use their passion for soccer as fuel for on-field success and a lifetime of wellness. In each episode, we'll talk to stars from the NWSL, health experts, and performance coaches to unlock their secrets to success and discover what it takes to be the healthiest soccer players and people we can be. Lauren Gallagher is a school psychologist, mental fitness coach, public speaker, and children's author who is passionate about building resilience in today's youth. She is the recipient of the 2020 Psychologist of the Year Award presented by the New York Association of School Psychologists. Lauren holds a PhD in school psychology from Columbia University. She has 18 years of experience coaching youth soccer and is a former D1 college player and graduate of Cornell University. She is co-author of the children's book, The Hard Hat for Kids, with author and speaker John Gordon. Lauren currently works as a school psychologist in the Harborfield School District, where she also works closely with the athletic department as one of the district's social-emotional learning coordinators. She is the mental fitness director at Long Island Soccer Club and has a private mental fitness coaching practice working with student-athletes of all ages. In this bonus episode, we're discussing mental health and how sports can have a positive or negative impact, but that we can make the decision to find and build healthy sports environments that foster healthy connections and well-being. We discuss how to handle pressure with athletics and how to stay connected to ourselves. This episode is so important, and I hope coaches, parents, and players listen to this episode together because talking about mental health can make all the difference. But don't take my word for it. Elizabeth, what did you think? She had some really good advice on keeping soccer fun and how to manage pressure. All right, so whether you still pack a soccer bag full of shin guards and a ball or the weekly carpool full of fierce young female soccer players, I hope you'll join us each week to explore how we can achieve our dreams both on and off the field. Elizabeth, kick us off. Welcome to the She Dreams and Goals podcast. Lauren, thanks so much for joining us for this bonus episode on mental health. I know that we both are passionate about well-being, and one of the main goals of this podcast is supporting the mental health of young female soccer players. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is a really important topic. As someone who works with student-athletes on performance and mental health, what are some common mental health challenges that young female soccer players might face? I think some of the biggest challenges come from the pressure that they feel from either parents, coaches, or just themselves. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just the environment that they're in. When um, when we're living in high achieving environments where people mm-hmm. are kind of you know really concerned about their academics or what what soccer team, what level you're playing at, you know we can't help but absorb that. And I think pressure if I could name one thing, probably causes the most um, mental health issues. I think the other the other important issue is 
really being able to stay connected to ourselves because I mm-hmm. think sometimes, you know, we get stuck on this, on this, um, you know, this treadmill of just going through the motions every day of everything we do without really reflecting on why we're doing certain things. Are we still enjoying certain things, you know, and really kind of getting to know and keep in touch with ourselves, how we feel. Um, And so when we get disconnected from ourselves, when we start kind of doing things that aren't aligned with who we want to be, that causes issues too in mental health, the disconnection from self. And I think also the pressure that we feel to be perfect is really are two of the things that I see um, really impacting young female athletes right now. Yeah. And I think when I think about it, I've, I've seen, worked with athletes for a long time and, you know, playing myself and growing up with different athletes. I think personality and life experiences really impacts how that pressure impacts you mm-hmm. because I think that a little bit of pressure in life is important for our growth, but it's how we manage that pressure. And also, do we feel safe? And I think it's that loss of safety sometimes that can make pressure feel really, really scary instead of like a obstacle course. Mm-hmm. You know, if you feel like it has so much value, the pressure has so much incredible value on who you are as a person and your value as a person that can be really stressful. So if you're a 11-year-old soccer player and being on this certain team is so incredibly important and you don't make the team, is that so much pressure that you feel less you don't feel like you're as valuable of a soccer player or as a person? Or is that like a challenge for you because your parents support you, your coaches support you, your friends support you and they're like, "You know what? You're still a great soccer player, you're still a great person. And that's just a new goal for you. And I think what happens sometimes is it becomes a evaluation of yourself. And that can feel really scary. Yeah, I think at very early ages, kids are starting to identify themselves as like one thing, right? Like I am a soccer player. And if I'm not playing soccer, I don't have any other value right now. Not that they might say that to themselves consciously, but it almost starts to become, you know, people start to know them as a player and 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 their parents love to watch them play and, and they feel good when they're playing. So I think as much, yeah, I do think that that over-identification at too young of an age can be hurtful. And like you said, it can start to be, instead of a little bit of stress, which is good, it it can become stressful where everything is like relying on this. So anything you do that doesn't line up with you being a soccer player makes you feel less than. And so I think it's really important to kind of diversify as much as you can, which means, you know, really explore the other parts of yourself. You're not just a soccer player. You're a person before you're a soccer player. Mm-hmm. And learning as much as you can about yourself and reaching out and doing different things um, so that you you actually build up strength in yourself. You're not so fragile because there's going to be times where the soccer thing isn't going so well. Yeah, And then it's like, you have to realize, okay, this is just one part of me and it's disappointing and it's upsetting, but there's this whole other part of me too. So it's not, it's, it's, it's not going to get me like I'm going to be able to get through this. So I think, um, in terms of mental health, learning to really diversify and explore those different parts of yourself as much as you can is really important. 
Yeah, I know when I played um, soccer, I always liked to have another sport or like doing something else that was fun and that I didn't actually try to be good at as much, Mm -hmm. you know, like something that like soccer was something that I was working really hard at, but playing basketball and not worrying so much if I was on the best team or like going to Girl Scouts, you Mm -hmm. know, something completely different. Um, Yeah, for me, like robotics and I did basketball last year and I was definitely not the best. Yeah. Probably not doing it this year, but I just did it as something else. I probably don't have time to do it. But then I'm also doing robotics where it's for fun, not like some people on my brother's team are like trying to go to worlds, trying to win it, but I'm more having fun and it would be great to like get to state to get like top 10. That would be fun, but I'm not like, I would skip it uh, for soccer. I would skip like state for robotics for soccer. Right. And, And when you go to robotics, you meet a whole new group of people right? You have fun. You kind of, you might make some friends at robotics. Like, so it's important. You kind of are, you're kind of giving yourself a life outside of soccer too, right? You're kind of giving yourself different friendships and different groups you're involved with. And that kind of makes you like happier in some ways too, right? Because you add some fun in there, you sprinkle some new friends and that helps keep us actually mentally strong. You know, we're not as fragile then if if we only have one thing in our life that we really think is important and we put everything into that, and if something goes wrong with that, then all of a sudden we have nothing left, right? So it, it's it's all important, and and I soccer was the most important thing to me too, but I did other things as well too, so that I could you know make friends in other places, and so you feel like you have something outside of just being a soccer player. Yeah, I think that's really important to have like a variety. I always say I wish I would have had like a um, artistic craft or something. Like I think that would have been something that would have been so good for uh, well-being in life. But I definitely enjoyed doing other things. And I think like Elizabeth does the robotics and it's a totally different crew. I mean, last year you were the only girl on the team, right? Yeah, this year I, I'm not the only girl. There's one other girl, but she's kind of shy and doesn't really like to talk. So Yeah, so it's a totally, it's a different population mm-hmm. of people that she gets to work with. Yeah, in soccer, everyone's like screaming. And <laughs> um, in robotics, it's more like quiet. Yeah. yeah, and it's different types of problem solving. And then just, you know, trying new things. And that's definitely a protective factor. And trying to learn something new, too, that maybe yeah, didn't absolutely. come super easily to her. Because everybody else already... A lot of the kids already knew how to do robotics when she joined. So she had to listen and learn. And it's different than soccer, something that she kind of picked up quickly when she was young. Yeah, you just kind of expand your world. You make it bigger, you know, and that's important. Yep. And and I definitely think different groups of friends can be really important as well to have a diverse group of friends. What else do you think, you know, I guess with mental health, like the social dynamics can sometimes impact um, your mental health and your team can sometimes be positive and sometimes be negative when it comes to your mental health. And can you speak to that a little bit about working to um, make sure that the players on your team that you can support each other's mental health? Yeah, I think, you know, as much as you can be a leader in that with young younger kids, it's a little bit harder. But like if you can step up and, you know, really 
show what it looks like to be supportive of one another, you can actually be responsible for kind of starting that culture and making it more likely that other people will do the same. I think, you know, the teams represent such amazing ways of almost strengthening us, right? It can be almost like, an I call it like an inoculation, right? A team is like an inoculation. It keeps us safer in terms of our mental health. If we're in the right environment, right? If you're with a team that is bringing you joy, that you are, you know, kind of all on that growth mindset and you're you're working to encourage each other, that can really safeguard against, you know, isolation and loneliness, which is really what causes a lot of mental health issues too, feeling disconnected from people, from yourself. So being on a team and working to do those things yourself, that's what you have control over. Even if you're on a team that's not that that um, supportive, you always have the opportunity to do that yourself. I think it, a lot of this is learning what you have control over and mm-hmm. making sure you do those things, right? Because if you're doing those things, you're helping yourself and you're helping people around you. Yeah, and I think that comes from with the stress too. Like there's not always things that you can control. You can't always control who's better than you. You can't always control who's what your coach, you know, thinks, but you can control kind of your own behavior and how you treat other people. And I also, I mean, we know that relationships are the number one protective factor for your mental health, and they also can be really challenging for your mental health. And I think it's important for you to advocate for yourself when maybe a team's not the best environment for you. And being able to speak up to your parents and then maybe asking, if you're young, maybe asking your parents to help you talk to your coach Or if you're older, you know, talking to your coach yourself and saying, you know, I think our team is really struggling with um, treating each other kindly or being supportive. Is that something that we can work on? And if it's not something that can improve, you know, looking for a um, a new group, a new place to play with relationships that really work for you. Because it's so it's so incredibly important that if it's not working, it's time to find a new spot. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things parents can do is you want to find a club or a team that, you know, is aligned with what's important to you. And if your child's mental health is important to you and relationships and, you know, the whole team aspect is something that is important, you can still be competitive and have all those other things. That's what people have to realize. It's not one or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think as a parent, that is probably the most important research you can do and just try to find a team or in a club that whose values are aligned with yours. It'll never be perfect, but at least if you know they're in a place like that, then you can trust that that, that's going to move forward in that way. Um, that's one of the things I think that is really important. Don't get caught up on sometimes, you know, you you want your child on the most competitive team, but sometimes there are, it's not a great environment, you know, for kids. So I think you really have to be particular and, and tuned in to those things. And you really have to make mental health and, and that part of it a priority. If you yeah. want your child to be healthy, you need to surround them. Your job is to kind of put them in environments where that can be fostered. Yep. And every kid is different, right? Mm -hmm. So what might 
be easy for one kid to manage might be really difficult for another kid to manage. You know, a certain team dynamic might be really easy for one personality, but can be really challenging for another one. And then there's other, you know, team dynamics that can be incredibly difficult for anyone. And that way we need to to move to change that. And I think open communication. Look for a club or a coach or a team that is open to communication. Because if they're willing to talk about mental health, and they're willing to talk about how their players are feeling and really noticing their players' emotions and recognizing that their players have different emotions, then I think that's a strategy because then things can change and we can kind of look at the whole experience. But if a team is kind of shut down or a coach is shut down with recognizing emotions or recognizing Mm -hmm. mental health and not talking about it, then you might um, have reason for concern. I think that's a good point. Open communication is really key. That's how you, you know, you know what's going on and 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 what, you know, what can be better and yeah, I think that's really important for um as a parent to kind of look for that. Yeah, and I think it's kind of what we were talking about with confidence like having those little check-ins with your kid um, about your mental health and how's it, how it's going. Because if you start checking in with your kid about mental health, then eventually they'll take that on themselves and they'll mm-hmm. start checking in on themselves how their mental health is doing. And then they'll check in with their teammates how mental health is doing. And I think that's the same thing for the coach, like having those little check-ins, like how are you feeling about what's going on? Are there any things you're concerned about? It helps the kids to learn how to reflect on themselves. Absolutely. So I, Yeah, so I definitely think stress, um, team dynamics, and then, you know, just we've we've perfectionism, right? A lot of times elite athletes, right, they have their – we talked about achievement culture, Mm -hmm. right? Elite athletes oftentimes are high performance. They put a lot of pressure on themselves and they oftentimes like try – their interest in being perfect or mastering a skill impacts them – in a certain way. And it, it's beneficial in some ways, but it also could have a negative impact on mental health. So I was wondering if you could just speak to that a little bit. Yeah, that idea of perfectionism is a tough one. Um, like you said, it can lead to such greatness, right? Because you're willing to do almost anything. But I always say when you are willing to do almost anything, you're always sacrificing something else, right? So if you are going to put all your time and effort into this sport and do nothing else, you know, it's like we said, um, when that sport isn't going the way you want, you leave yourself very vulnerable to having mental health issues. I think you and I were talking about like the Olympic athletes, right? Mm-hmm. They go four years where they're just training for that one thing. And some of them are very individual sports, right? And if you give up everything, you talk, if you talk to, you know, like if you hear Michael Phelps being interviewed, you know, he was training like almost seven, seven days a week. He was sacrificing relationships and friendships and being able to go out. And then, you know, the Olympics, then it comes and it goes, Mm-hmm. And yes, and he had a goal that he wanted to, you know, achieve and he achieved it, but at what cost? You know, there's always a cost. So I think it's just something to keep in mind uh, for parents also to kind of monitor with their child. Like you want to support them and they may be that kid that will, you know, will wants to play on the women's national team and they're willing to do that. It's important to just help support the other aspects of them and their mental health as they're doing that. And as much as you can, you know, kind of um, just be aware of those things. Because if we, it, like we said, if we put all our eggs in one basket 
and the basket tips over, yeah. you know, that's when you leave yourself very susceptible. So, yeah. you know, kind of just being aware and there's nothing wrong with being determined and wanting to achieve goals, but to what end, you know, and yeah. what is that accomplishing? Yeah, because I think there's two components to it. There's one, we know flexibility is incredibly important. And when you're striving for one goal, you still need to be flexible, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's so many things that we can't control. We can't always control every injury. We can't control who's on the team, who the new coach is, right? Even Mm -hmm. when you play in college, you might end up with a different coach or you can get hurt. So it's being flexible as part of your goal to be an elite athlete or follow your dreams. It's like working on that that I'm going to I'm I'm not going to be the best all the time. I'm it's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. to have growth. And the other thing is I think as athletes transition to the next phase of competition Mm-hmm. And, and probably this is a lot where we're having a lot of Olympians and professional athletes and college athletes actually talk about our men- their mental health. And I think they start off playing rec soccer. That is super fun. And they're adorable and they're five and they're just playing and it's so fun. And then they go to the next level and then they go to the next level. And I think at a certain point, we have to realize that as more time is taken up and more mental capacity is taken up with the sport, we also have to give more time for mental health. Because if we don't, it can just be such an unbalance. And that next level competition can be incredibly hard. Yeah, definitely. I think that the mental health piece has become so important. And I think so many athletes are shedding light on that now. You know, um, with social media, you don't always see, right? You People always post all the positive yes. things, the, the, the medals, the accolades, and they don't, they don't post the, the struggles that they have. And I think so many athletes are coming forward now and, and, and really shedding light on mental health. You're hearing of more and more athletes like taking breaks, you know, to work on their mental health. And the reason being your mental health, it, it it shouldn't just be called mental health. Your mental health is your health, Mm -hmm. right? If you met, I always just say, you know, has anyone ever here felt like, you know, depressed when you are, when you feel sad or depressed, your energy is depleted. You, you know, it's really hard to function, let alone function at an elite athlete level. Right. So it's your mental health really is everything. So, you know, that's what you want to teach your child, uh, you know, and that's what we want kids to learn. It's fine to want to achieve goals, but then it's important to kind of like understand along the way, you need to also take good care of yourself, you know, like yeah. feed your mind, your body, your spirit. It's like those three things are really important. It's not just your mind and it's not just, you know, it's all of those things that you have control over to keep yourself as healthy as possible. If you keep yourself physically healthy, right, you're more likely that you will feel mentally stable and willing to cope. You know, you get good sleep and nutrition and all of those things. You take time for the things you love. That's what I call spirit, right? The things. Mm-hmm that you love to do. You got it. You have to make time for those little things. That's what makes a long run sustainable, right? You have to be able to interject all those things um, along the way. And that's what keeps us mentally healthy. I agree. Sometimes before a game, you have to listen to Taylor Swift. And sometimes after a game, you have to watch a bake-off show because it's just fun. (laughs) 
We're so true. That's what we do today. But yeah, I, I try to teach when I talk about mental health, I try to teach it in a comparison to physical health. So you can't just expect to perform or feel good performing if you haven't trained. Mm-hmm. And mental health is like that too. You actually have to yep. practice. There's strategies, there's things that you can do to actually improve your mental health and your mental health skills. And we've talked a lot about that on this podcast with different strategies of visualization and mindfulness and Mm -hmm. positive self-talk. You also have to take breaks. You have to rest. Same thing as physical health. You just can't train all the time. You will, you know, you'll get exhausted. You'll feel terrible. So with your mental health, you have to take breaks as well. And then I think the other thing with mental health is like, You are never going to have a soccer career and not get injured. It's just going to happen. Anything you do, life in general, you're going to get sick. You're going to get injured. And I think it's the same with mental health. You're going to have days where, and times of your life where you're feeling stressed, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling sad, you're feeling anxious, and that's okay. And then we take care of yourself. And sometimes you need to get support and help. Like sometimes you have to go to the doctor when you're injured and sometimes you need support and help and you might have to go to the doctor um, or a counselor for um, kind of like physical, physical therapy for your, um, for your body, but physical therapy for your mind. So mental fitness, I call it mental fitness, right? It's just like physical fitness. You have to, you have to work at it. It's not just something we can take for granted. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't exist and then like disappear It's Mm -hmm. like, I can't go run a marathon without training, right? Right. I also am not going to have great mental health if I never work on it. So I'm going to have to practice practices. So I think that's really important. And sometimes we just need support and help. And so before we um, end this conversation about mental health, can you just share with us when you think young athletes or the parents of young athletes should reach out for professional help um, Mm -hmm. in relation to mental health? I think if you're someone who is having constant, you know, negative thoughts, you know, that they just can't, they just can't kind of overcome. And if you start to see changes in behavior, um, you know, where the things that used to bring you joy or, you know, you're just not feeling the energy, you just don't feel like doing things anymore. You're kind of losing your, you know, your lease on life. You just kind of like uh, the things you know, you're not, you're just not happy. And you're, you, even though you've been trying, I think, I think we need to listen more carefully and we need to pay attention as parents. And even as kids, we need to take care of ourselves. And I think it's really important for kids to have a trusted adult, someone to really talk to. I think one of the most important things um, that we can do is have someone that really we can go to, to just be our, our truest self. And if our truest self is suffering, we need someone to be able to, we need to be able to go and know that we can talk to someone that's going to hear us. Because I agree with you. We need some, everybody needs help once in a while. That's what we're here. We're human beings. We're wired to connect with each other. We're really wired to work as a group. So I think we've gotten so used to doing things on our own that we sometimes feel like that's weakness, but it's actually showing vulnerability is actually a strength. And I think if we can start to learn that, I think that's, that's the shift that we're starting to see with those professional athletes who are admitting, I need a break. That's what they're giving us permission to do too. Look me, I'm professional. I do it all, but even I'm taking a break and I need some help. 
So I think the more that we can see that as strength, that's true strength, is learning how to take care of yourself when you need help. Um, I think you just need to be, be, you know, be watching for those things. Um, and if you can't get yourself out of a, of a funk, you know, out of a place where you don't have energy or those negative thoughts keep coming, that's a good time to get some help. I think that's a great idea. You know, I think getting help and support and just talking to your trusted adult. If you're not sure, just talk to your trusted adult. Maybe um, one challenge that we can have for anyone listening is to think about this week who your trusted adult is. And sometimes it's a parent. Sometimes it's a coach. It's okay mm-hmm. to have more than one trusted adult. But just say to your trusted adult, hey, let's have a check-in every once in a while. Or can you check in with me once in a while so I make sure that I talk about my mental health and how I'm doing. That would be really useful for me. So I think that's a a great challenge, uh, a start. Elizabeth, do you have any questions or anything about mental health that you want to talk about? No? No? Okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I'm tired. (laughs) You are tired. Okay. So Lauren, thank you so much. I think it's so important that we took this time to talk about mental health um, as we reflect on the you know remainder of the soccer season and getting into the winter, which sometimes can be really challenging for mental health. And yeah, hopefully we can, I'm sure we'll have you on again to talk about another exciting topic related to helping student athletes reach their dreams and also just feel good about themselves and enjoy feeling well. Yeah, if you're going to achieve your dreams, it's like a marathon. So it's not a sprint. So you have to have these things in place and you need to know how to take care of yourself along the way so you can get there. All so right. thank you so much for having me. It was, it was a great conversation. Thank you so much for being on. Sure. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all take a few minutes to check out the show notes and all the links available because this episode is so full of great information for players, coaches, and parents. And remember, if you like what you heard, please follow us, which you can do by visiting shedreamsandgoals.com. Follow us on Instagram at shedreamsandgoals. And most importantly, share our podcast with family, friends, and teammates. And until next time, keep playing and keep dreaming. This podcast was prepared by duly authorized members of She Dreams and Goals, LLC. She Dreams and Goals, LLC does not accept liability for any opinions or information of any kind expressed by its guests and hereby makes clear that those opinions do not represent the opinions and or recommendations of She Dreams and Goals, LLC or its members. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any form of professional advice. Listeners of this podcast should conduct their own extensive research before making any decisions in connection with topics discussed in this podcast. She Dreams and Goals LLC is committed to providing content that is safe and appropriate for all ages. However, legal guardians are ultimately responsible for supervising access by any minor under their care to content produced by She Dreams and Goals LLC. She Dreams and Goals LLC does not make any warranty or representation as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. To the fullest extent permitted by law, She Dreams and Goals LLC shall not incur any liability in connection with this podcast. This podcast may not be copied, published, reproduced, or redistributed in whole or part without the written permission of a duly authorized member of She Dreams and Goals LLC. For further information, please visit www.shedreamsandgoals.com.